Coming up on Chasing Natty, I'm back, baby, and unfortunately, Chris Moxley is not. But we have an awesome guest in Justice from the Devi IDP Grind podcast here to join us and help us out with our sit-start discussions, our high over-under games, all for week five. All this and more coming right after this. Looking to Jarrett Stearns, who makes the catch and scores. What a burst! Trey Vaughn Anderson! As advertised, touchdown, Buckeyes! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing Natty podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful ride to your work on this Wednesday morning, and I hope you had a good ride on your Monday morning ride to work, because I didn't get to tell you guys that this past Monday. Again, I was quite, quite sick. I really appreciate Brandon and Nate both coming on. Nate taking over the hosting duties for that episode. He did a fantastic job. Brandon does a fantastic job, as always. And we're back here again, back on the rails. I'm back hosting uh, the show, but unfortunately, Chris Moxley could not join us tonight. He has a very busy week, and of course, we are very accommodating here around here on Chasing the Natty. And so, we have an awesome guest to step in for him, and that is Justice from the Devi IDP Grind podcast, as well as our IDP expert over here at Campus of Canton, specifically College IDP. Uh, Justice, I think you are like one of two people in the entire space that I think is even really like dedicated themselves to IDP. So, like, let it, like first of all introduce yourself because you haven't been on this pod before and everything but also just like sure. let people know what you do man so um i mean i've been playing college fantasy football probably for like 23 ish years um so that's kind of i've been doing that for a while kind of got into idp probably a little over a year ago mm-hmm. um i joined a podcast with two other hosts um hollywood titan who's pretty big in the idp space he does college and um, um, NFL IDP stuff. Yep. And uh, Brock or, or Chopping KC is the other co-host. And he's, he's a really great mind for IDP, but he doesn't really write or do anything in, the, the, in those regards. He's just more or less on the podcast. But gotcha. yeah, but all three of us, you know, we're probably we're really the only three guys that really kind of do any kind of idp stuff on the college end um it's it's hard to find but it's you know it's, it's rewarding it's kind of it's the rewards are very similar to college fantasy the, the more research the more you put in the more you're going to get out of it so exactly especially the people who there, there's a there's like a segment of people out here i don't mean to call anybody in particular out here i'm not thinking of anybody in particular when i say this but there are people out there that they're like oh yeah i'll get into college football let me just go find a campus to canton full idp league to immediately jump into and i'm just like y'all that's like it's like you're 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 putting the cart way before the horse on that but even still like when when people are feel like they've gotten good at college that's when you can really start plugging in the idp stuff and justice that is where you are there waiting for them and you guys really do put out some great content over there i definitely enjoy listening to you guys because you guys talk about my georgia bulldogs all the time and you talk about how great everybody is so (laughs) well they do They, they produce a lot of talent for the nfl so Exactly, exactly. So we got a full uh, slate ahead for you guys here today. We're going to do some quick water cooler talk here at the very beginning, talking about some games we're excited about this weekend, but something I really wanted to cover is it's one of those weekends for college fantasy where things like a big curveball is thrown in here. We got to figure out what we're going to do, how to navigate it. And of course, the curveball I'm talking about here is Hurricane Ian coming up through Florida, through Georgia, through the Carolinas, a little bit into Alabama. Uh, it's going to impact a lot of games this weekend. So we're, I'm going to definitely discuss a little bit of that and how that's going to impact games this weekend. We got your sit-start discussions this week. We're going to hit two at every position, except for tight end and flex. Um, we got just one question for each of those, but that is totally fine. And then last but not least, we'll hit up five of the highest scoring games this weekend and we're going to talk about some teams that we haven't really hit on a whole bunch 
this season already because like there's some teams like you know Memphis North Texas feels like we talk about them every week because they're in a shootout every single week but we'll talk about some teams we haven't talked about quite yet so Justice what is a game or two that you're kind of really looking forward to this weekend just on a pure college football landscape maybe a little bit of college fantasy but um from a football perspective probably the NC State Clemson game um I, you know, before uh, Old Dominion had a team, NC State was my team. So um, I'm interested to see how they're going to do against Clemson. You know, Clemson uh, really stepped up last week, at least on the offensive end anyway. Oh, yeah. Kind of surprised their defense looked as bad as they did, but. Well, they're missing um, three uh, starters in the secondary, if I remember correctly. So if you go up against a passing attack like Wake Forest and you're missing three of your starters, now granted, they should have recruited better to the point where they, that shouldn't have been that much of a worry, but still. (laughs) Yeah, so that, that's probably the one I'm most interested in, I think, just to see how NC State looks um, and see if they can take that next step and uh, maybe win the ACC this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, from a purely selfish standpoint, I'm interested in the Old Dominion Liberty game. <laughs> <laughs> they, they look quite beatable without uh, uh, Salter there at QB. When they got Bennett back there, yeah. it's a, a little bit easier to tackle. They're saying Salter's going to be back, though. I saw some video of him in Hallelujah. practice today. So, um that's good news for fantasy owners. It's not necessarily good news for my old Dominion Monarchs, but <laughs> um, yeah, maybe maybe it's it's at home. So we're two and zero at home. So maybe you know it'll help. I'm just I'm, again looking at the slate. So many ranked v ranked matchups this weekend. We got Kentucky at Old Miss. Uh, that's a seven versus fourteen matchup. Oklahoma State at Baylor nine versus sixteen. Wake Forest at Florida State number twenty two versus number twenty three. I'm very interested in that game because that feels like the kind of game that sets the expectation moving forward for both of those programs for the rest of the year, uh, especially with Sam Hartman back. If this was if this was run by, um, God, what's his name, uh, Mitch Griffiths still, I would probably be less interested in this game. But I think that, that that's a pretty, I don't want to say under the radar game because, again, they're both ranked, so obviously people are probably going to be watching it. But even so, that's pretty interesting. Uh, and there was one more. Okay, like you mentioned, the NC State at Clemson. That's a top ten matchup right there. I didn't realize NC State had cracked the top ten. So, yeah, I'm interested in the Oklahoma State Baylor game too, right? Because I think that's oh, yeah. really gonna kind of set the stage for the Big Twelve and who, who might win there. Yeah, and again, Baylor taking that loss to BYU early on in the season that was a shocker for everybody. But like, they're technically, if I remember correctly, they're they're still um, lossless. They're undefeated. Excuse me, that's the word I'm looking for. They're undefeated in the Big 12. So Yeah, they're 1-0 in the Big 12. That, literally all that impacted was their playoff chances, but I don't think anybody was really expecting Baylor to go to the playoffs this year. So, But again, yep. a lot of interesting matchups, a lot of rank v. rank games, definitely a lot we could talk about there. But then again, I do really want to put some time and effort into talking about What's going on here with Hurricane Ian? And I got to give a shout out to the Burn the Red Shirt podcast guys. They put out a tweet earlier, really just went through every single game, looked at where the locations of every game were, what's the projected path of Hurricane Ian, and here are the games that they say are most likely going to be impacted by Hurricane Ian. Uh, on Saturday, get the noon game SMU at UCF. Uh, and then in the 3.30 to 4, th- uh, to 4 o'clock window, uh, Virginia Tech at North Carolina, Michigan State at Maryland, Wake Forest at Florida State, Citadel at App State, Georgia Southern at Coastal Carolina, and then in the night slate, you have UTEP at Charlotte, Liberty at Old Dominion, LSU at Auburn, NC State at Clemson, Virginia at Duke. Again, all these games, not it's not like every single one of these games is going to be canceled, postponed, or anything like that. These are just the games you really got to keep an eye on, because if if Ian has de- degraded down to a just some uh, storm system by that point, they're probably still going to play. Obviously, lightning's a concern, but <coughs> those are definitely just the games you got to keep an eye on. In terms of games that have been moved already, um, South Carolina versus South Carolina State has been moved up to Thursday. So if you have South Carolina players that you are playing, they are you got to get your lineup set by Thursday. Uh, East Carolina at South Florida has been moved to the North Texas Stadium over in Texas. I guess that makes sense. Uh, and then East Washington Florida at Florida has been moved to Sunday afternoon. I'm going to double check to make sure there hasn't been 
Oh, uh, East Carolina at USF has been moved to FAU Stadium. Um, that doesn't make it's Boca Raton. Yeah, Boca so Raton. It's on the it's on the east side, eastern side of Florida. So. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes, thank you, thank you. I, again, that, that didn't make sense for me all of a sudden there. All right, again, that's all the news we got right now in terms of that. Um, again, it's it's one of those weekends you got to be paying attention for announcements and news. I definitely recommend going over to the uh, just the at College Fantasy Football account. They do a great job of as soon as. As soon as news comes out, they'll retweet it. They'll uh, put the, they'll send it out to everybody. I recommend going over to them, at least especially for this weekend. Turn on the notifications for that account so you can get that news immediately. That's really what I do, and it's a great way to just keep up to date with everything here. So that pretty much brings it up to the end of that. Let's go ahead and get into sit starts. But, 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 I got to do my spiel. You guys know I got to do my spiel. And so... With that being said, we, both me and Justice, are part of the CFF team here at Campus at Canton. Justice is now running our IDP stuff, as I mentioned earlier, but there's also other great people there as well, like Nate Marquise, who is on usually with us on Mondays, Brandon Sanders, who runs the Bet on C2C podcast and the Future Freshman podcast in the offseason, Chris Moxley, who is awesome. He is here usually on Wednesday nights with me to discuss previews of the next week and sit-start discussions. We offer a ton of things, podcasts, articles, uh, weekly CFF rankings we've been putting out. Those have been awesome. You guys have been really appreciative of those. And those are those are quite a lot of work. So I appreciate you guys letting us know that you are enjoying those. Uh, and we got even more stuff to come as we keep adding staff, as we keep coming up with different ideas. Plenty of stuff to check out. And while you're at it, go check out the rest of the Campus of Kenton podcast feed. There's a ton of great stuff for you guys. You want CFF, you got me with Chase and Natty here. We're on Mondays and Wednesdays. On Tuesdays, you got Campus Live with Austin Nason, Colin Decker. That is the college side of the flagship podcast for Campus Canton. Wednesdays, you got Debbie Debate live streamed on YouTube with the crew, Felix Sharp, Matt Bruning, Austin Nason, Chris Moxley. On Thursdays or Fridays, they've been kind of going back and forth the last couple of weeks, but that is where the Canton Bound podcast with Austin Nason, Colin Decker is. That is the NFL side of the flagship podcast. And then also Wednesdays, like I mentioned earlier, the Bet on C2C podcast. Absolutely go check that out with Brandon Sanders, Ethan Sowers, and Chris K. They have all your DFS prop picks and betting lines needs there. Absolutely go check all of that out. Oh, and one last thing. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed, like the video, and comment down below. And if you're listening to this on podcast, make sure that you follow us and leave a five-star review and leave a written review if you can. <coughs> My apologies, y'all. All right. That being said, I'm going to take a sip of water. And then let's get right into it. So, Justice, um, basically what we do here with sit, sit starts is, again, there's going to be two or three players. They're fighting over one starting spot for each of these rosters. These all come from suggestions that we have put out there on Twitter. And I'll make sure to give credit to everyone here for that. And so we're going to start with a twofer right here. This is two quarterbacks going up against each other. We got Sam Hartman going up against Florida State this week or Jalen Daniels going up against Iowa State. This comes from Drew on Twitter at CFF underscore Heisman. Drew, man, you've been doing really good with some of these matchups because I think you've been on like three out of the last four weeks. Um, I will say we're going to do this without considering Hurricane Ian really in possibility here i think that is really kind of the only fair way to do it because we're not really sure exactly how that is going to impact going forward so i just want to throw that caveat out here really quick so justice which of these two do you kind of lean towards out of the two because right now you got one who is a preseason top guy and then jalen daniels i believe is currently the qb1 of cff right now I think I'm going to lean towards Hartman, especially with a six-point passing touchdown. Yes, sir. Um, if it is four, that kind of makes things a little bit closer, in my opinion. But I will say, you know, um, Daniels is going against Iowa State, who is the seventh-best rushing defense in college football. Yep. And so you that kind of tempers the expectations you have for him. Um, I know you said ignore the weather, but right? I mean, if, if the field conditions are bad and – Yep. For the Florida State Wake Forest game again, that might that might push you towards Daniels, but all things considered equal, um, I'd go with Hartman. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards Hartman here as well. Even though Florida State is 16th in the country against the pass, that definitely 
gives me a little bit of pause there. However, out of these two, Daniels on a week-to-week basis, in my opinion, has a bigger bust potential. Hartman is a master of his system. Even if Florida State is really good against the pass, a quarterback who is who knows the system well, knows where he wants to go with the ball every given time, and knows how to read a defense really well in his system. I'm going to lean towards that. And also, Jalen Daniels, you mentioned it before. Iowa State, they're 32nd in the country against the pass, 7th in the rushing in the country. And a lot of this had, for Jalen Daniels has come against some pretty bad defensive teams. Yep. Houston is 104th in the country. Duke is 85th in the country. West Virginia, this, this won't give me a little bit of pause, but they are 23rd in the country. However, they have allowed 15 touchdowns this year, which is second in the country. So, and second worst, by the way. This isn't like they're second best. Like they've kept the people out of the end zone. Like, no, they've allowed 15 touchdowns through four weeks. I think Jalen Daniels, I'm not going to say he's gotten lucky. I just think that his down week is coming. And I don't, and I think Iowa State is the kind of team that could put him in check this weekend. A lot of people think, oh, it's just Iowa State. They're not that good. They're pretty sneaky good on defense. So I think I'm going to lean yep. towards Hartman here. And I think he has the better chance of getting multiple more touchdowns than Jalen Daniels does. All right. Let's go ahead and hit up our next quarterback discussion here. We're going to go with a three for here. And we got this one comes from Dan on Twitter at ATL Dan. And he is asking about Adrian Martinez, who's going up against Texas Tech this weekend. Or we could do Hunter Deckers going up against Kansas or Donovan Smith going up against Kansas State. So three big 12 quarterbacks here. I'm going to go ahead, and despite his awesome performance last week as the QB1 for the week, I'm going to go ahead and throw out Adrian Martinez here. Too volatile. To me, when you have two safer options, in my opinion, in Hunter Deckers and Donovan Smith, I think I'll go with them. And Adrian Martinez is known for the week you bench him, he will go off for 50 points. The week you play him, he's getting you 10, 12. I'd rather go with one of these safer guys here to the right. Um Hunter Decker is currently the QP 47 in the country right now in CFF. But Kansas is 95th in total defense. So he they're, they're giving up both on the pass and, and rushing, of which Hunter Deckers is good at both. He's currently averaging about 22.04 fantasy points per game. Very up and down. One week you'll get 10, 12 points out of him. The next week you'll get 30. This is a week where I think he leans a bit more towards that 30 side of it. I think it's easy to see him get 25 plus points here this week. But... You have a little bit more consistency going on with Donovan Smith, who's a QB 16 so far this year. He's in the Zach Kidley offense. However, he has the worst matchup, in my opinion. He's going up against Kansas State. They're currently 42nd in total defense, although Donovan Smith is averaging more per game. He is averaging about 26.45 fantasy points. And like I said, he has the Zach Kidley system. We don't know how some of these Big 12 defenses are going to stack up against the Zach Kidley system. So... I am a slight lean towards Donovan Smith here. Um, I don't trust that defensive ranking for Kansas State as much, uh, especially considering I watched what Oklahoma did uh, to them just last week, putting up 31 points. I think it's pretty easy then to see uh, Texas Tech probably get into the 30s as well. I think I'm going to lead towards him, but I understand the argument for Hunter Deckers if that's the way you want to go. Justice, what are your thoughts on this? So my notes are very similar to yours. <clears throat> I personally would lean not go with Donovan Smith just because he's been more consistent than the other two on a week-to-week basis. Um, and I feel like he has a pretty safe floor. Um, but I will say that if, if, if you're in a matchup where you think you're chasing points, uh, Martinez might not be a bad option, assuming he goes off, right? Yeah. Um, or he could give you but, 10. Right, exactly. That's, that's, that's the – that's the rub, I guess. But if, if you feel like you're already chasing points, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he definitely has the higher ceiling, I think. But he also has oh, the lowest floor. I agree wholeheartedly. He definitely has the highest ceiling here. But again, I tend to lean a bit more towards conser- conservative plays, especially yep. when my conservative plays are, okay, I can get 25, 30 points out of this guy. Exactly. Exactly. So, also, real quick, this is why you need to have the tw- the tweet notifications on. SMU at UCF has been moved to Sunday. So they'll be playing on Sunday rather than Saturday. All right. Let's go ahead and hit up our first running back question here. 
This one comes from Kenny Linson at KLDog7211 on Twitter. And he asks, LaDamian Webb, currently the running back, uh, yeah, running back seven on the year, going up against Louisiana, or Aiden Robbins, currently the running back 24 on the year, although he is missing one game. He's played one game less than LaDamian Webb, so take that into account. He's going up against New Mexico. Uh, this week. Do I have that correct? Hold on. Yeah, he's going. That's what I have. They're at home against New Mexico. Okay, okay. I think I did. I think I messed up earlier. Hold on. Let me do a little bit of research. Justice, you give your thoughts on this real quick. So, um, even though, like you said, Robbins has played one less game, their averages are pretty close. I have Webb with a 22.8 average and Robbins with a 23.7 average. Um, Webb, I think, is a, a, a great floor guy he's, he's fairly consistent robbins has been a little bit more up and down hmm. i personally would probably lean towards robbins um just because he has that i think i feel like he has a higher ceiling um hmm. but but web definitely if you're looking for a, a safer or more consistent floor it's definitely web i think yeah i originally had this as robbins because i goofed and i was thinking of their last week's matchup against utah state and i'm like oh yeah they're like 118th against the rush like no like hell yeah i'm gonna go aiden robbins here yeah no they're going up against new mexico they're 37th against the rush um again how applicable is that once they get into conference play that's what we're gonna find out over the next couple of weeks but i being the safer play i'm gonna go with damian webb here again he is the rb7 on the year already he's been very consistent week to week and he's going up against Louisiana, who is the 60th rushing defense in the country. Very average. If I can get another average performance out of LaDamian Webb, make sure he falls into the end zone once or twice in the game. I'm going to be very happy with that at the end of the day. So I will take Webb. Robbins, I agree with you. Once again, higher, higher ceiling, but much lower floor in my opinion. So I probably would just go with Webb in this case. So let's go on to our second running back discussion here and we got another three for here this one goes a little bit deeper which is always a little bit fun so we have brad roberts going up against navy or we got roman hemby going up against michigan state or do we have Jaden ott versus washington state this comes from austin smith on twitter at fit father and so out of these three i am going to go with ott Mostly because he doesn't have the best matchup. The best matchup goes to Roman Hemby, uh, who is going up against Michigan State, who is 54th in the country against the rush. However, he is only averaging 12 carries a game. That's not something I want to rely on week to week. And also, when you're going up against Michigan State, their secondary is horrendous. It's even more horrendous than it was even last year, it looks like, which is very, very hard to do. So, and you got a team like... Maryland, who has Talia Tagovailoa, they got a bunch of great receivers. They're going to want to pass it all over the yard. I doubt Hemby. This is one of Hemby's bigger games. So he's out for me. So this comes down to Brad Roberts or Jaden Ott. Brad Roberts is their RB10 on the year. That should tell you, like, oh, that's, that's, pretty, good. that's pretty good right there. He's been very consistent week over week. However, Navy is fifth in rushing defense in the country. I am not a huge fan of that. And even in a set like that, that's a, that's a little bit of a tough matchup right there. I might lean more towards Jaden Ott, who is going up against Washington State, 43rd in the country. Uh, he is the RB6 on the year, averaging about 23.28 points per game. And the last two games, he has hit near 20 carries and at least 20 touches. I think I'm probably going to go with Jaden Ott here out of these two. Although, again, if you want to make the case for Brad Roberts, I get it. It's just fifth against the rush, a little bit much for me. I would rather just go with the guy who's also a stud that has a bit better of a matchup. So, Justice, what are your thoughts here? So, I, I pretty much agree with you. Um, like you said, Hemby has the best matchup, but he just doesn't get that two, the touches that the other two do. So, mm-hmm. he's kind of a, he's kind of a distant third. And like you mentioned, uh, Michigan State's uh, defensive backfield is is struggling a little bit. They lost their top two guys, Xavier Henderson and Darius Snow, to injury. So, it's no surprise that they're struggling with the passing. Um, same, I, I would go with Ott. Uh, Brad Roberts, like you say, is going against Navy. The Navy offense is obviously very familiar with Air Force. I mean, the Navy defense is very familiar with Air Force. They play them every year. Yep. Um, 
and they play an option offense every day in practice. Yep. Um, now, having said that, Brian Roberts did have 97 yards and two touchdowns against Navy last year. Um, but I feel like this Navy team's a little bit better than they were last year. Um, and I think uh, Ott, Ott is who I'm going to go with. Um, you ought to go with him? Ought to go with Ott, yes. <laughs> and then, and then you know, the Navy, the Navy defense did a pretty good job against East Carolina last week. So, yep. Granted, they're um, missing their most explosive player in Keaton Mitchell, but also – but I mean, Harris hasn't yeah. done too bad up to this point either. You're right. So, um, I, I, right. I, I, th- I, I think you're, I think also just the Cal, the California game plan is probably going to be to want to run, run, and run, right? To kind of keep yep. that Washington State offense off the, off the field. So yep. that's just, be- that's better for all, all around. So, yeah. Again, I understand if, if somebody were to come up to me and is like, hey, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a shot uh, that Brad, or I'm going to give you a bet that Brad Roberts outperforms Ott this week. I probably wouldn't take that bet because I could see either one of these guys doing well. Again, I will just go with the guy who has a little bit easier of a matchup. So let's move on to the wide receivers here. Also, real quick, I I forgot to do this earlier. I need to give a shout out to my friend Spencer because last week he did make a bet with me, and he because I I said that Will Rogers would outperform Jalen Daniels. Uh, there at Kansas, and he's a Kansas fan. And I was like, hey, he's a safer play. And he's like, nah, Daniels is going to outperform him. I'm like, all righty, we'll see. And Daniels outperformed him. They both hit over 40 points last week, and Daniels had 45, Will Rogers had 42. So it was like, it, 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 was, it was close. But we're giving him a shout-out now. Anyway, let's talk about these wide receivers. First one up here, we got a three-way. Going with Braden Johnson, who is going up against Baylor this week, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. Or we could go with Tavian Robinson, wide receiver out of Kentucky. He's going up against Ole Miss this week. And then you have Marvin Mims, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. He's going up against TCU this week. This, to me, Tavian Robinson's out. He Out of these three, he has the lowest targets per game. He's going against the Ole Miss passing defense, which is 37th in the country. He's a wide receiver 41 of the year. I'm just not going to worry about that. However, it comes down to Braden Johnson and Marvin Mims. Braden Johnson has the higher targets per game. He is seeing 8.67 targets per game compared to Marvin Mims' 6.5. So he's getting two um, entirely two more targets per game than Marvin Mims. The problem is... Brandon Johnson is not good at catching the targets that come his way. He has only caught 53.85% of his passes that have come his way. Meanwhile, Marvin Mims is close to 70%. In addition to that, Marvin Mims, in addition to being more consistent with his the balls that are being thrown his way, he's going against TCU, and TCU is 107th against the pass. Brandon Johnson also has a pretty good matchup. He's going up against Baylor, who is 71st against the pass. But out of these two, I think I'm just going to roll with... Marvin Mims out of these two. To me, he's a more explosive player out of the two anyway. Oklahoma's really going to want to have a good performance after their uh, letdown last week against Kansas State. I think Marvin Mims will be a big part of that. I'm going to roll with him. So, I mean, <laughs> not to sound like a broken record, but yeah, my, my thoughts are pretty much exact, exactly with you. Um, I was torn between Mims and Johnson. When you look at the actual their their um, season averages as far as receptions per game, yards per game, they're like spot on with each other. Um, you look at the the matchups, like I said, Oklahoma, TCU's defense is worse. Um, and then the the one thing I will add that make that really swung it to Mims for me is the uh, the high scoring potential in that game. True, right that 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 game has shootout potential. Uh, to me, much more so than the Baylor Oklahoma State game. Yeah, it's so, good call. For that reason, I, I'd go with Mims. And, and, you, and, you, and you look at look at last week what um, SMU did against TCU with Jake Bailey and Rasheed Rice. They both had really great games. So oh, yeah. uh, yes, go with Mims. Yeah, and this one comes. By the way, this question comes to us from Benjamin Jacob at Sick Everyone twenty twenty seven. Sick Everyone. That's a that's a that's a joke for me, I guess. Um, and then he's also known as Baylor Bear. If you've ever been on any of our live streams, he's constantly in the chat. Love him to death. Um, yeah, let's move on to our next wide receiver question here. We got another three for here. This one is going a little bit deeper here. We are going with 
uh, Dijon Stripling going up against uh, California. Or we can go with Ra Ra Thomas going up against Texas A&M. Or we can go with Luke McCaffrey going up against UAB. This one comes to us from Trev on Twitter, at T underscore Revis Rev. So, Justice, I'm going to start with you. Where are you leaning in this three-way right here? So, for me, Ra Ra Thomas is the third one. It's the first one I'd eliminate. Yeah, um, I agree. He, he's too inconsistent. Mississippi State rotates the receivers too much. Um, and Texas A&M is pretty good at defense. So, um, he, he, he's an easy elimination for me. Um, and, and from there, it's kind of a tough call between Stribling and McCaffrey. Um, UAB held the uh, – who, who McCaffrey's playing – um, held Georgia Southern and Liberty passing games kind of in check. Um, and those, both of those passing games have been fairly decent. Um, now Stribling, he's not the, I don't think he's the top receiver for Washington state. I think the honor goes to Donovan Ali. Um, how I would answer the question. I think if you are in a full point PPR, I think I would still go with McCaffrey. Anything other than that, if it's a half or no PPR, then I'm going to go with Stribling. Yeah, it, this one's a tough call for me. I actually don't have it written down which one I would go with here. I don't have a call. So I'm with you 100% though. Ra Ra Thomas, no way I'm starting him out of these three. Texas A&M is 10th in the country against the pass. Um, Ra Ra Thomas, is only catch, he only gets six targets per game, and he's only catching 62.5% of them. Not gonna that That's just not a recipe for success right there. I'd rather go with either one of the other guys. Luke McCaffrey's wide receiver 24 on the season. He is seeing currently 9.75 targets per game right now. He's catching like six and a half of them. I would say, and he's got six and a half receptions per game right now. But again, the big problem here, he's going up against UAB, who is 26 in the country against the pass. Meanwhile, Dejon Stripling, he's wide receiver 51 on the year, not as great. Uh, He's only seeing 5.75 targets per game. But... He is going up against the 89th uh, defense in the country against the pass. And he is catching about 82% of his passes. So you're going to see him catch all the targets that kind of come his way. Uh, this one's so tough to me because I want I want to give an answer here. I honestly might... Feels like whoever gets the TD is going to be the winner. I mean, you're right. I, I honestly, I think we're going to roll with McCaffrey. Out of the two, because just he has a little bit more opportunity. Yes, he has a tougher matchup here, but I think I will roll with him and just hope that out of those 10 targets that come his way during the game, he is able to find a hole in the defense and make him pay and just make at least break off at least one big run for that and hopefully get a touchdown along with it. So, again, very tough between McCaffrey and Stripling, but I'm going to lean slightly towards McCaffrey. I do like your call about if it's PPR, McCaffrey, anything else, go with Stripling. So, let's go with our flex question. Got another three for you. You guys are really taking advantage of the fact that I allow you to put three players now. Because it used to be a bunch of two, t- two or one, one player versus one player. Now it's all three versus three. Anyway, we got Evan Stewart, wide receiver out of Texas A&M, going up against Mississippi State this week. We got Nicholas Singleton, our stud freshman running back, going up against um, going up against where is that? Northwestern this week, and then we have Izzy Abanacanda going up against Georgia Tech. This comes from at Probosco Luke on Twitter. So Luke Probosco, one of our good friends over on the Campus of Canton Discord. So this one has multiple layers to it, in my opinion. First of all, he mentioned this is one one point PPR in this league. So that, that might change things a little bit here. You have Evan Stewart, wide receiver at Texas A&M. He has already been seeing eight targets per game, and now Texas A&M's other main passing game weapon in Aeneas Smith is now out for the year. So that probably means we're going, we're going to see additional targets come Evan Stewart's way. However, he is going up against the 49th ranked against the pass Mississippi State defense, a very underrated defense in my opinion. Like, Everybody likes to talk about the offense, but that defense for Mississippi State's got some good players on it. You also have Nicholas Singleton, the very up-and-down performing running back right now. Again, he's a freshman. You kind of expect this a little bit. 
Uh, he's RB46 on the year, but man, like I said, he's been up and down. It doesn't really matter which games to come against. I thought he would explode against Central Michigan last week and just nothing. Nothing from him last week. It was Kayshawn Allen's day. And he's only seeing about 11.75 carries per game. However, he is going up against Northwestern, who's 91st against the rush. So maybe he is able to take advantage of that and break off some long runs. And then finally, you have Izzy Abandacanda running back out of Pittsburgh. Uh, Luke specifically asked that we answer this question assuming that Hammond comes back. Because he he said in his message that if Hammond doesn't come back, if he's out for this game, then Izzy's the obvious start. And I kind of agree with him on that. Um, so yeah. let's, let's assume... Yeah, it's not even close then, right? Not even close. <laughs> I'm going to assume that, yes, we are going to... Hammond's going to come back. And I'm still rolling with Izzy. I am still going to roll with him because I think even if Hammond comes back, they are not going to give him a complete workload. It sounds like that they are really taking their time with him. They want to get him back into a game this weekend. They are going to give him, I would say, maybe upwards of 10 carries. But that's not going to eat that much into Izzy's workload as far as I'm concerned. Maybe he gets brought down from 25 to 30, probably back down to 20, 25 maybe in the upper teens, but even still, he's going up against Georgia Tech, who is 120th in the nation against the rush. He's going to be able to break a long one. He has shown the ability to do that in multiple games this season. I'm going to still roll with Izzy out of these three. even And especially with one-point PPR, Izzy currently has shown to be a receiving back as well as a good running back, so I'm going to definitely roll with him. I agree with you. Um even in a full point, P- full point PPR, um, Stewart's still kind of third for me. Um, they, they, they just don't – maybe they'll have to pass more this game playing against Mississippi State, but they just don't pass enough for me to trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Singleton is sharing carries with uh, Katron Allen, and they kind of seem to go back and forth who has the, who has the better day. Um, and, and Izzy's – he's been hot, man. And – He's got the best matchup. And yep. so I think even if even if Hammond does come back and gets 10 to 15 carries, I still think uh, Izzy's going to have the better day. That's who I'm going to go with. Yeah. Again, no argument from me. Again, I, I, I'm fully on board with Izzy here. Again, I don't even think Hammond's going to eat into that very much. So one more for us to discuss here. We're going to discuss one tight end question. And we got three bona fide studs, in my opinion, here. We got Joel Wilson. Tight end out of Central Michigan, currently the tight end five on the year. He is going up against Toledo. Or we have Dalton Kincaid, excuse me, uh, tight end out of Utah. They're going up against Oregon State this week. Or we have Michael Trigg, tight end out of Ole Miss, going up against Kentucky. This comes from Zachary Fagan on Twitter at ZFaganThoughts. It is difficult for me to say because I love this man. But Michael Trigg's a distant third for me in this scenario. He is the other two are top five tight ends in the year. Tight end or Trigg is a tight end 20. He's only getting 4.75 targets per game. And he is going against Kentucky, who is 15th in the country against the pass. Too many things that just are like he is the distant third for me out of these out of these three. I hope he proves me wrong, but just looking at the numbers, that's the way I have to go. To me, it then comes down to Joel Wilson or Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid is very interesting to me because he is already the tight end four on the year, but he, before this, was only seeing five targets per game. But with Brent Keithy out, Brent Keithy was seeing 7.25 targets per game. You have to imagine that Kincaid's probably going to see an uptick in the number of targets that he sees per game. And if that is the case with his explosive ability, I surely, surely, a very good game for him this upcoming weekend, especially going up against Oregon State, who is 51st against the pass. But then lastly, you have Joel Wilson, the tight end five on the year. He is seeing about seven targets per game, but he is going up against uh, Toledo, who is currently 17th against the pass in the nation. Again, the matchup is what's going to win for me here because I, I could see him, Kincaid and Wilson, getting similar targets in these games. But Kincaid, I think, definitely has more explosive ability, more likely to find the end zone. So I think I'm going to roll with Kincaid out of these three. Yeah, so 
my thoughts very similar to yours again. Um, Joe Wilson, he's like the definition of consistency. Yes. Um, Love him. And, but he does have the toughest matchup. The other thing that concerns me a little bit is now that they're in Mac play, will Central Michigan pass as much as they have, you know, an out of conference season as they've had so far? Good call. Um, maybe they're just, and then Toledo's pretty bad against the run. They're like 112th in, in rushing defense. Wow, so that's actually that, very funny. So that makes me think that, you know, are they just going to feed Lou Nichols all day? Say, start Lou Nichols. <laughs> start Lou Nichols. <laughs> um, again, I agree. Trigg is definitely third of, of the three. And, and you know, it's a credit to, a, to, to Lane Kiffin. You know, he, he molds his offense around his personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of coaches don't do that. Um, they're going to force that square peg through that round hole one way or another. But clearly, they want to run the ball a lot, um, yep. and so you know, for Trig to even I think be considered with the other two is it's got to be touchdowns, right? Yeah, um, and that's just hard to predict, especially um, with Ole Miss being favored in that game. So the game script's not going to be in a, in a favor of Trig in terms of them passing the ball. And that seems like a very like it has it's going to be a low scoring game. Yeah, um, to me, it's not going to it doesn't have you know a lot of scoring opportunities. Um, and like you said, uh, with with Keithy out. Kincaid should get a lot more targets. Um, the only thing I will say, that, I mean, he, on paper, he has the best matchup, but the Oregon State defense did a pretty good job against USC last week. So it's true. Um, Especially with plus four turnovers for USC. That, like, that's four extra possessions that they were able to hold USC down to. Only 17 yeah. points. That's crazy. And so, it, it, to me, it's a very tough call between Wilson and Kincaid. I think um, if Keithy wasn't out, I probably would go. I'd probably go with Wilson, but with him out, I'm, I'm going to go Kincaid. Yeah, I also like your call about like the fact that totally just rushing defense definitely calls for a Lou Nichols type of game. They're going to be passing the ball a whole ton, and Joel Wilson probably gets game scripted out just a little bit there. So, that being said, really appreciate all of you guys for turning in those sit start questions. We will be back with more next week. Be on the lookout for my tweet usually comes out on Monday, Monday afternoons, and you can get yours in there. All right, Justice, we have five high-scoring games that we're going to discuss here, and we're going to try to give you guys the not-so-obvious plays in each one of these. We're going to talk about some players that maybe you can grab off the waiver wire if you're really desperate in a deeper league, maybe, and you're just looking for somebody to start and looking for high-scoring opportunities. So let's go ahead and take a look at that. First up, we got a Pac-12 matchup. This is the Friday 10.30 p.m. game on ESPN. It is Washington at UCLA. The over-under on this game is 66. So, Justice, pick one of these two teams and give me some under-the-radar guys that you're looking at for either of them. Um, so, Washington, um, I'll start with them. Obviously, you know, you got the big two receivers of Jalen McMillan and Roma Dunze. Um, but if you look past those two, um, Jalen Polk, he had he had the one big week. I think it was week two. But just looking at snaps, his snap counts are right there with both of those two guys. So I would assume in most leagues, most leagues, McMillan and, and Dunze are owned. If you're in a fairly deep league, maybe Polk isn't. Um, and uh, you know he, maybe this is this can be his week. The other guy I would say um, for Washington is Wayne Tolua Papa. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I tried finding out if Cameron Davis is still injured this week, but I couldn't find anything on that. Um, but even if Cameron Davis is, is playing to Lua Papa seems to be the goal line back and, you know, he's not going to set the world on fire for you, but he's going to get you, you know, 10 to 15 points every week. So yep. you know, he can, he can be a reliable starter if you need someone at running back for Washington. Yeah. On the UCLA side of things, it is, it's ugly. It, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't pretty outside of your obvious plays. Like, Zach Charbonnet, DTR, you're playing those guys. Uh, Jake Bobo, if you picked them up by this point, you're probably wanting to play him here. Um, Casimir Allen, I was excited about after week one, after he got 10 receptions, and then he's just not really done much ever since then, so that's a bit disappointing. And then Keegan Jones, I would say, is a pretty good option in terms of possibility of this being a close game. They don't want to get Charbonnet too banged up. He might be kind of a surprise guy that gets enough carries to maybe make him relevant. But again, I feel like I'm really stretching here. UCLA, it's the obvious guys. It's DTR. Yeah. It's, it's Charbonnet. 
I don't think there's anybody else I'm really looking at here and saying like, oh, this is totally got to start hitting. Even even the tight end Ezekiel, like I was I was excited about him this year, and they just haven't really done much with him. So yeah, I think we can go ahead and move on from there. Let's see what game do we have next. We got a Big 12 matchup. We talked about this game earlier when we talked about Marvin Mims. We're talking about Oklahoma at TCU. This is a noon game on Fox, big noon kickoff. This is the over-under of 67 and a half. This game definitely feels like it has shootout potential, like you mentioned earlier, Justice. So plenty of guys, I think, that are definitely worth looking at under the radar guys here. Pick a team, Justice, and let me know which guys you're looking at here. I'll take the harder one this time. I think I, I think I took the easier one the first time, so I'll take TCU. Um, really, the only guy besides you know, you know the, the quarterback it, to me is Amari. Well, and Kendra Miller is Amari Di Mercado. Um, okay. He he's he's I mean he's had limited touches, um, but when he he's done well with his touches. He has uh, three touchdowns, um, and and in, in the game so far. Um, and he, he's someone you can probably pick up off waivers and, and start in a, in a pinch if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea who to predict at wide receiver for them because it's just been all over the board, right? It has. Um, you know, between Jordan Hudson, Darius Davis, uh, Tay Barber, Quentin Johnson, they've all – none of them have done anything. I mean, I think Jordan Hudson probably had the best single game. But other than that one game, he hasn't done anything. You know, and the, and the others are kind of all the same. They're all – Two to four catches, so I'm not really. There's not a TCU wide receiver I'd be willing to start. This definitely feels like the kind of week where Quentin Johnson will randomly go off. He, he definitely could, right? He, he did last year against Oklahoma. He, what, what, what did he? What, what stat did he post last year against Oklahoma? Let's see if I can look that up real quick. Uh, yeah, Johnson. I had him in a best ball league last year, and I, I remember he, he had a couple of weeks like that. You know, and he, then the rest of the weeks were just terrible. Yeah, he had seven receptions for eight, 185 yards and three touchdowns in that game. So just absolutely went nuclear in that game. But again, hasn't done that so far this year. Maybe this is the week finally for it. Let's talk about the Oklahoma Sooners here. I mean, again, obvious plays, Dylan Gabriel, Marvin Mims, play him. Don't worry about it. In terms of under-the-radar guys here, Eric Gray... I, I hesitate recommending him because I just don't love him. I love him between the 20s. I don't love him when they get down near the red zone because that's where their other running back, Marcus Major, really shines. They bring him in more often in the red zone. So honestly, Marcus Major might be the guy you grab here in a shootout scenario. Hope they get close down to the goal line and hope they just hand it off to Marcus Major and he can fall in for a touchdown or two throughout the game. But other than that, like it's very split between all the different running backs because uh, Dylan Gabriel is getting plenty of run. Javante Barnes has gotten 26 carries already this year. So it is, it's kind of a mess there. And then at receiver, again, Marvin Mims, obviously. Theo Weiss is probably the other wide receiver I would play out of this bunch. He is uh, seeing 11 receptions on the year. Uh, second in wide receivers, but tied with Braden Willis and Eric Gray. This other guy I meant to mention, uh, Braden Willis, tied in out of Oklahoma. I would... I would say this is a game that you start him in. Uh, definitely, it seems like Gabriel looks for him whenever they get down near the red zone. He's already gotten four touchdowns on the year. He's somebody that, like, if you're in a pinch, especially at tight end, go check to see if this dude's on your waivers. Pick him up real quick and go ahead and start him for the week. If, if I can add one name that you didn't mention, right um, I actually, I actually prefer Jalil Farouk. Okay, um, he he is uh, he's playing the most snaps of all the Oklahoma wide receivers, um, so he's on the field the most. And he's tied for second in targets with Weiss. Oh, very nice. Um, and so Weiss, to me, seems like maybe he's like more of a big play threat, per se, than, than maybe Farouk is. So Fair enough. Um, I think, I, think I, I personally would probably go with Farouk over Weiss, but they're close. Oh, yeah, those, those two are definitely close. And yeah, I, I should have mentioned Farouk. Um, again, it's a shootout potential. Any one of these guys could probably find their way into the end zone some t- sometime during the game. So let's hit up. Our next matchup here, Wake Forest at Florida State. This is the 3.30 game on ABC. The over-under on this game, 65 and a half. All right, Justice, pick one of these teams and let us know who are the under-the-radar under guys you're looking at here. 
Uh, so I'll, I'll take Wake Forest, and you're looking at the receivers, right? Not named A.T. Perry. Yeah. Um, and the first one I'm looking at is Jamal Banks. He, he led the team in snap counts against Liberty. He was second in snap counts against Clemson. Um, and he, he sh- him and Donovan Green are basically sharing time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Banks has not been out producing Green. Um, he's been – he was the top receiver against Liberty, and I think he was either number one or number two against Clemson. So um, he's probably the, the one I'm looking at the most. Um, but, you know, any of their receivers, Keyshawn Williams, Donovan Green, that they, you know, they could be good plays as well. Um, if I was to rank him, I'd go Banks, Green, and then Williams. Uh, Keyshawn Williams did have a, a great game against Liberty, but he didn't do much last week against Clemson. Mm-hmm. And um, for running backs, uh, Justice Ellison. You know, Wake Forest always kind of splits their carries, um, but Justice Ellis- Ellison is the leader in the snap count, sixty-one to forty-seven, and he has a slight edge in yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's someone that uh, you might look at running back if you need help there. But Jamal Banks definitely is the the one I, I'd be looking for. There is one of my leagues again. All the waivers are running right now, and I definitely went back and looked, and somehow Banks was still on my way, like still as a free agent. I'm like, how? How? After two insane weeks, is he still available? So went ahead and picked him up. You should do that too. If your waivers haven't run yet for some reason, by the time you're listening to this on Wednesday. Just go ahead and make him your top priority because he could easily yeah. be somebody that he could be the AT Perry of last year. Because again, last year we all thought it was going to be, um, God, what was his name? Jacari Roberson. And then AT Perry just kind of comes out of nowhere near the end and just basically steals all the limelight out of, away for him. So I guess I got to talk about Florida State. Jordan Travis, obviously, I think he's the start in this game. Now, who's he throwing it to? That's the that's million dollar question for Florida yeah. State. They have yeah. been, it, again, these receivers have had big games. Uh, Johnny Wilson, just a different Ontario one every Wilson, time. It, they, they've had great games. It's just, like you said, it's just been a different one every single time. I am going to lean towards either Johnny Wilson or Ontario Wilson. I think those are the two most likely to go off. Micah Pippen, I like all right, but he hasn't been quite as explosive as these other two. Johnny Wilson, I think, is the better touchdown uh, guy to go for because he is just massive. I think he's like what six foot seven. I remember correctly like he is yeah six foot seven 235 pounds just a big massive dude they get down near the goal line they might hand it off to one of the one of the running backs but they also might just flip it out to johnny wilson and say hey buddy go get it um they're running backs speaking of their running backs it's it's tough i'd probably if you had to start one probably go Treshawn ward he has the most carries out of the bunch he is kind of middle in terms of yards per carry, he does have the most yards, though. He's got 350 yards compared to Benson, who has 268. Um, and none of them really are catching a ton of passes out of the backfield, so it's not like there's a PPR factor there. All three of them has three touchdowns, so they're definitely kind of splitting the load there. Again, I wouldn't love playing Ward, but he's the only one I would probably roll the dice on here. So... And then maybe if you're really desperate, maybe you go with their tight end McDonald, but I'm not <laughs> super I'm not excited about that whatsoever. So anybody you want to call out there, Justice, or we we move No, on? I mean I, my notes on Florida State were kind of the same issue, right? Benson yeah. and Benson. I mean, I wouldn't not start Benson um if I didn't, you know, if I really needed help. Mm. Um but I wouldn't be excited about it. And I and I agree with you, the the wide receivers is the two Wilson guys. Um, the funny thing is Pittman leaves them in snaps, but but Wilson and and both the Wilsons have looked they, better than I him. mean they just command targets again. When you have a six foot seven dude out there and you you're you're in trouble on a play, it's like hey, just throw it up to him, and maybe all of a sudden your fifty fifty ball becomes a seventy five twenty five ball. Yeah. So, all right, got another game going on here. Going to the AAC, another conference matchup here. We got SMU at UCF. 3.30 game on ESPNU, over-under on this game, also 65-and-a-half. Justice, pick a team, and who are your underrated guys going into it? And this game was moved to Sunday, right? Is that what this, you said was, earlier? this was moved to Sunday. Um, so I look at SMU, um, and this guy, if he's on waivers, and he very well might be, is Jake Bailey. Yep, a great um, guy. I love it. Jake Bailey had a, a, a great fall camp before he got injured. He missed the first three weeks. so. He may have gotten drafted. Folks may have dropped him. Um, I know in my leagues, I was very, very patient with him and held on to him. And so hopefully that, that pays off now. But he definitely looked like the number, 
the number two receiver for SMU. Yep. Um, he was second in targets and snap counts last week. Only Rasheed Rice was better than him. So definitely someone I'm going to, I'd feel confident in playing in this game. Um, and then someone who I, who I see on waivers a lot, but again, he's kind of steady and reliable is Trey Siggers. Yes. Thank you. Um, I picked him up for free, like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. He, he, you know, if you, if you need a running back, man, you, you, you can do a lot worse than Trey Siggers. Again, he's, I mean, he can't have the games where he does, you know, pop off for 20 to 30 points. But Judy had three touchdowns last week. You know, he's going to consistently get you that at least 10 to 15. Yep. Um, I think people were very – people were so high on Kamar Wheaton, they kind of forgot about Siggers and 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 Wheaton's back, but he doesn't seem to be eating into Siggers, um, you know, snap count. So, no, uh, Trey Siggers would be the other one. Um, <clears throat> I'm interested to see kind of um, – what happens with the wide receivers after Bailey and Rice? Um, between I think it's a crapshoot. I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's a really. Good, I think those are your two guys. Oh yeah, yeah. For starting, for sure, for sure. Just from a, just from a, I guess you know, interest standpoint, just to see if Bo Corrales can ever do anything. Uh, I know he he had a good camp too, but he's been hampered by injuries. Um, so that's uh, pretty much it for SMU. SMU gobbled up basically every transfer portal wide receiver there was this offseason, <laughs> yes. it felt like. Yes. And it's paying off for them a little bit because, again, I, I was worried about Jake Bailey at first, but it sounds like he's, he's, he's set to be real big for them, so I'm happy for him. Uh, UCF side of things. Again, obvious plays. Plumlee, Bowser, you're not, you're not taking those guys off. Javon Baker is somebody I keep seeing available in a lot of leagues, and he really, I think, is kind of the wide receiver one for them, at least when it comes to downfield passing for them. He's got two touchdowns in the year already. I feel like they're going to get him some more as the year goes along. Ryan O'Keefe, they're kind of switch army knife wide receiver guy. He gets, not only does he get uh, catches, but he also gets run on the ground quite a bit. He's broken off long runs before this year and the year prior. So if you're just rolling the dice and need a guy that can produce, he might be available. If somebody might have dropped him out of frustration, frustration, excuse me, so far. And you can just go ahead and pick him up because he has he doesn't have a touchdown this year, but I feel like that won't last forever. Um, again, if you're desperate at tight end, uh, Kamar Gamble had a really good week one. Been very quiet ever since then. It's been Alec Holder, Holder who's kind of picked it up ever since then. Either one of those guys, I think, or it's like a very desperate, if you're just looking for any tight end, grab him, start him. We've seen them produce before in this offense. It's just not very consistent week to week on them. And then if you're in another league where it's like really, really deep and you just really need to start, it's more of a flex play than anything else. Johnny Richardson, they're running back out of running. They're running back behind Bowser. If Bowser gets injured in this game at any point, it becomes Johnny Richardson's show. We saw that last year at several different times. And not only that, Robinson or Richardson's a very good receiver out of the backfield. He's already caught 10 catches this year for 61 yards and has a touchdown on top of that. I think again, very desperate play, but if you grab him and Bowser, for whatever reason, comes out of this game, he might be the sneaky play of the game right here. So, very, very desperate play, but just want to throw that out there. You have any thoughts on UCF? I, w- I would agree with you on Baker. This seems like a game that if he's going to go off, this this would be a prime candidate for him to go off because they're going to need him in this game to keep. You know, if they're run- especially if their running game is not so effective. They're going to have to pass the ball more, and, and Baker's the man. He leads them in targets, leads them in snap count. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, yep. wholeheartedly agree. We got one more game to talk about here, and we get it. It's here. We get Maction. Maction. It is here. We got a Mac lineup right here. We got the Ohio Bobcats at the Kent State Golden Flashes. This is the 330 game on ESPN+. Plus. Over-under on this game at 68 as god intended for any maction game these two both have horrendous defenses and they both have very good offenses ohio's offense looks much much improved in this game and this is honestly the kind of game where it's start everyone that you possibly can uh justice pick a team and i'll take on the other one all right, um, so I'll go with Ohio. Um, probably the first thing I'm trying to find out if Cy Burger is going to play this week. Yes. Um, he didn't play last week with an ankle injury. I did not have an opportunity to look and see if I've seen any news for him for this week. Um, but if he's playing, then I'm probably starting him. Um, I know a lot of people like say good luck trying to figure out the wide receivers 
at Ohio because it seems like there's there's a lot a lot of them and they all seem to do fairly well. So I kind of dug through the numbers and the, the three names I came up with from for the wide receivers were Sam Wiglas, Miles Cross, and James Bostic. So Wiglas kind of seems like the um, possession guy. He leads the team in targets. He leads them in receptions. He's third in snap count. Um, and Bostic is like the deep threat. He leads the team in snap count, and he leads them in yards per reception. But he's third in uh, third in targets and fourth in receptions. And then kind of Miles Cross is kind of the hybrid of the two. He's second in targets and receptions, and he's second in snap count. Mm-hmm. So I think any of those, if I was going to trust an Ohio receiver, be one of those three, and I'd probably lean towards uh, Wiglas or Bostic, I guess, okay. uh, if I had to start one of them, one of them. But yeah, the, those those kind of the four you know, guys other than, you know, Rourke. Yeah, and Rourke is not a very highly rostered prospect. He's only rostered 17% because I was curious when you didn't mention him immediately, and I was like, like he's got to be available in a lot of leagues. And he yeah, is- I, I try to dig a little bit deeper than, like, kind of, but yeah, you're right. No, fair enough. No, I, I, I get it. I just want to know, see if he qualified for what we were talking about here because, again, if not, like, go check your waivers. He's probably available, and he's a good start this week. Yeah, my, my problem is my leagues are so very deep that like True. deep is really really deep for me, right? And so it's kind of right. hard. I, I'll, I'll miss those guys that maybe in a normal redraft league are available. I don't play in a lot of redraft. Most of my leagues mm-hmm. are dynasty. So no, fair enough. Um, Ken say side of things again. Obvious studs start here. Colin Schley. This is you. This is the moment you've been waiting for. This is Maction. It's not a cupcake a game enough to let him step out in the second quarter or in the third quarter like he did against the Long Island University or but it's not such a bad beatdown that he is going to have a tough time scoring unlike in the Oklahoma or the Washington games we're not going to talk about what happened to Georgia um <laughs> but even so this he's going to have an incredible game here Marquez Cooper Ohio is 92nd against the rush in the country Kent State I probably imagine that'll get worse as the year goes on they've always had a terrible rushing defense and when you have Sabangura going up against it, um, or excuse me, when you have Marquez Cooper going up against them, I went off the rail there. Hold on. Timeout. Rewind. Anyway, Kent State, Marquez Cooper, he's going up against Ohio. They are, Ohio is 92nd against the rush in the country. And Marquez Cooper is a veteran at this point. He knows what he's supposed to do. He's been averaging about four yards a carry so far. That is against very tough competition. So that's very impressive on his part. I think we start to see him kind of blow up a little bit more as Maxion gets along here. Um, and then the wide receivers, Dante Cephas, he's rostered everywhere. And credit to Nate Marquise, he called this before the season. But man, Devontae's Walker, man, he has been killing it for Kent State so far. And honestly, there's a possibility he could be the wide receiver one by year's end. He has been absolutely electric, scored a really long touchdown against Georgia last week. He is somebody, oh, let me see how many, what percentage is he rostered right now? He is rostered in 6% of leagues. He is available everywhere right now, guys. So absolutely go check him out and go ahead and pick him up now because I have a feeling by next week, he is going to be somebody that will be all over waiver wires everywhere in terms of people trying to get him. Just go ahead and get him a week early now and ahead of this awesome matchup for him. So anything else I want to throw out here? No, again, it's kind of the tip. It's kind of your... Typical guys, Devontae Walker, maybe a name a lot of you don't know yet. But Justice, anybody else you want to throw out here? No, uh, Walker was tops on my list, uh, other than Cooper and you know Schley, um, and obviously Cephas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's pretty it, much it. It, it it's matching. What else are you going to expect here? Like it, it, this is this is a game where both teams probably going over thirty points. Plenty of touchdowns to go around. Got to love that. You just got to hope you play the guy that gets the touchdowns. Really. Yeah. So yeah. I do have a note here. I just got an email from Fantrax. That, oh, go ahead. Like, college fantasy people are going to really like. Um, so some of you might have noticed that this this past week they added targets to the player information cards. They did. So last night I sent them an email and said, hey, this would be great information if it was on the player, the, the player tab. So you can sort by that and not have to click on every single player. And so they told me, well, it should be there. And I was like, well, it's not. But anyway. They sent me an email today, and so they figured out the issue, and they said that it should be showing up in leagues within the next 24 hours. I love so it. You'll be able to 
you'll be able to sort on targets. So hopefully by the time you are listening to this on Wednesday, that will be widely available for everyone. And that is going to be key information moving forward for everyone. Yeah. Is that something like typically in order to get good target information, you have to go to a place like PFF and you got to pay for it and you got to pay for it. So Franchise starts offering this for free. That's going to be massive, massive going forward. <coughs> my apologies, y'all. I am still slightly getting over my cold if I hadn't mentioned that already. So forgive my coughing tonight. With that being said, that brings us to the end here. Justice, you have been amazing, good sir. Um, again, y'all have been amazing getting us those sit-start discussions, some good discussion tonight on those guys. Justice, remind everybody real quick, before you go, uh, just remind everybody about your podcast, what you're doing for Campus Kitten, as well as where they can find you on Twitter. Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at justice underscore 2318. Um, I'm a co-host of the Debbie IDP Grind podcast, um, which is also on Twitter at Debbie IDP Grind. Uh, we cover, you know, college uh, IDP. Um, we It's kind of geared towards Campus Canton Leagues or Debbie Leagues, where you're looking for that um, NFL potential. But we also talk about guys that are college producers only. So if you're in a college IDP league, whether it's just CFF or C2C, give us a listen. Um, we normally record on Monday nights. We're actually going to be recording as soon as I get done with this tonight. Um, we're also on, we're on YouTube, too. So you can find us there, as well as wherever you listen to podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, <clears throat> Apple Podcasts, et cetera. Um, also, I'm on, I'm, a, I'm on the staff of Campus Canton. Um, and so there, you know, I write articles on IDP. I also produce, um, it's not really a rankings, but it's, um, as you know, Fantrax doesn't track IDP stats very well on the college side. They don't track tack. They don't use tackles at all. So anyway, so every week I'm posting up statistics for, um, the IDP players where you can sort them based on tackles, you know, any, any IDP stat you can think of, you can sort those as broken down by you know, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs. And I know a lot of our um, members in the Discord tell me I get messages every week about how great it is where they can go somewhere to find free agents, et cetera, to help them out in their IDP leads. So, yeah, and this if you're is, not subscribed to Campus Canton, please do. Yeah, I would say this is stuff you literally can't get anywhere else. Like, we, no, we you are, can't. I would say, like, and that, that's that's what we do here at Campus Canton. And then, like, Jason Natty, the Debbie IDP grind. That's what we do. We are looking for those holes that people just don't have. It's why I came up with the draft predictor tool. It's why I've been so big on building good ADP for people to use during the off season. Why we're getting really big into projections and getting CFF rankings out to you guys every single week. We're now adding IDP for when that inevitably blows up. Because um, it will. Because when college grows, everything's going to grow along with it. And so college IDP is definitely going to be right there with it. It's going to be really fantastic stuff. And again, you can find it all at campuscanton.com. Definitely go check all of that out. Again, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Really appreciate you guys dealing with me. Again, as I'm kind of getting over my cold a little bit still, I was good enough to do a podcast tonight, so I was happy to talk to you guys again. Like I said, Justice, you have been fantastic. And we'll see you guys next week after week five. And one more week after this, and we'll be halfway through the season pretty much already. That's kind of a scary thought because time is flying. So, like I said, really appreciate you guys, and y'all have a wonderful and blessed day. See ya.